You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Which coast? Traveling east to west... Aaron Ladd. Oh, he did it! <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. Aaron, what's up? You got me? I have not used spaces in so long. It's way different in here now. We got music, intro music. Yeah, yeah. It plays it automatically when you start the space. Uh, yeah, I'm like, uh, I'm like a fish out of water now. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm back in my natural habitat. Oh, God. Oh, God. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me send a tweet out real quick. Get a couple more folks in here before we get started. How you feeling? Feeling good, man. I'm doing some last-minute packing right now. Yeah, the city don't feel right without you in here. You know, everybody's just waiting. You know, people keep coming up to me. Where's Mark? <laughs> when's, Mark when's Mark getting here? <laughs> Are you, are you serious or are you capping right now? Uh, that's cap. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> that's, that's... You know I got to check the temperature with you sometimes. Ah, man, this is, uh, when I say it's the busiest I've been in a very long time, I'm not even joking. This is it right here. Yeah, I was going to ask you, how's the vibe down there? Um, It's cool. You know, it's still, you know, not a lot of fans. Like, I would say most, most people here are just media. I think fans will probably start getting kicked up tomorrow or going into Friday as the game gets closer. But I'm sitting here right now in the uh, sitting here right here in the media center. Just walked out of the media workroom. I'm looking at the fan experience over here to my left. Uh, it's here, man. Super Bowl week. Not even the bye week anymore. Like it's it's happening. Yeah, it's crazy, bro. It doesn't feel real. I mean, you know, just as a kid from Kansas City, man, three well, three oh, times. Three times in the last four years, man. Like I'm always, I'm always gonna quote the great Aaron Ladd here. Don't take it for granted. <laughs> Don't take this for granted. Baby. It's not, it's not normal that Aaron Ladd is covering multiple Super Bowls back to back like this, man. Soak this moment oh, in, God. man. I guess people aren't used to our. Uh, we had a new time. We all moving stuff around. I appreciate y'all rocking with us. If you're here in the space, I know usually we we go at six. Yeah, people, on people that work right now. But... <laughs> but luckily, it is recorded. It will be. You can play it back on here, or you can also play it back tomorrow on your wherever you get your podcast: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. So. You know, if you're not here live, you can still catch it and tell your friends to t- tap in with us. Let's get right into it. Chiefs Coast to Coast, episode 44 here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Mark Gunnels is out in L.A. just for a few more hours. We both will be here in Arizona very quickly. Steve Lasser is still here in Kansas City. 
getting ready for Super Bowl 57, man. Chiefs, Eagles. I'm here in uh, Arizona right now. We'll preview the environment, what it looks like. Mark will give his picks ahead of the big game. Are these winners, Mark? Be honest. Yeah, I did good last time. These are winners. <sighs> but I'm looking at your overall record, and I'm like, yeah. It's the biggest game of the year, too. Like You can't, you can't get it wrong. The pressure is on. No, I, I know. No, I'm accepting it full on. We're good to go, baby. You said I'm accepting the challenge. I'm accepting the challenge. We'll talk a little NFL, little NFL honors, potentially. We'll look ahead to that. And then th- this question, I want to hear from y'all, too, because it's going to be kind of tough to get people onto the voicemail line today and get that in. So raise your hand, and, and maybe we'll get you up to the stage about which eagle worries you the most headed into this matchup. Um. I think that's an interesting question and maybe something we could talk about later in the show. So you want to just kick it off, Mark? You want to just get right into it? Let's get into it, man. Stop it. Stop it. You can't do this. You can't escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. Come on, give us a sneak preview. Chiefs preview. In the gold end zones, man. I thought thought that was cool. That's That's a nice little ode. Uh, for Kansas City, and, and we got that sneak preview about what the, the field is going to look like. We're talking Arizona, we're talking layout, we're talking environment. What do you think of the gold end zones? I mean, you know, last time they, they had it in Miami, they won, right? <laughs> so uh, I think it's a good omen. I think it's pretty clean. You know, the Eagles one look kind of dry. You know, their colors are pretty dull, to be honest with you. With that, whatever that green is, was it moon, moonlight or what is it, midnight green or whatever? I don't know. Not really a big fan of their colors, but I just think the yellow is really fresh. So yeah, as with sauce to is it, it is it yellow or is it gold? Uh, to each their own. <laughs> 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 to each their own. <laughs> I'm not gonna give a. Death. I know. I don't think there is a right or wrong answer there. Chiefs Kingdom is so superstitious, man. It's like everything that they did in Miami, we got to do exactly that to the T. And everything they did in Tampa, don't do that ever again. And it's like, I mean, like there's got to be some middle ground here, right? I mean, you know, you know, especially when they're going against their favorite referee, Carl Sheffers. You heard about that? <laughs> you know, they need anything they can grasp on for uh, optimism at this point. <laughs> I'll give a little bit more information, I guess, as far as today is concerned. The Chiefs have been going and talking to the media and their availabilities before practice. So 8 a.m. Arizona time, Andy Reid took the podium, Patrick Mahomes shortly after. And then I wouldn't say it was a ballroom, but maybe it was the size of like half a ballroom or something like that. The rest of the 53-man roster was there. So I've been tweeting out some stuff shortly, periodically. Obviously, we'll have some more stuff on 41. Uh, back if you're watching us in Kansas City. But, I mean, the, the media is real. The distraction, I guess, as Andy Reid likes to call it, is real. I mean, the, the media requirements, the obligations, is for all the guys on the roster. And it's cool to see them It's cool to see them kind of embracing this moment and, and kind of soaking it in, especially for some of those younger guys too. Man. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really cool that they do have guys they can lean on that have been here one or two times, right? Your leaders, obviously, it starts at the top with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Andy Reid's been here, what, this would be his fourth Super Bowl appearance or fifth? Yeah, so, I mean, you, you got all that experience at the top. I think it trickled down to the rest of the roster. And, you you know, even the young guys, like, they seem to be very composed. Like, I've been watching a lot of the interviews and stuff. They don't seem to be overwhelmed or anything. They seem to be, you know, very calm, cool, and collective. And, you know, Andy Reid said today, 
he wants it to he wants it to be as normal as possible. Obviously, it's not going to be normal like a regular week in the season, but they've done as many things as they can to make it as such, which I think is a good thing. I don't think there's any way you could pretend that this is a normal week, especially with that opening night and all of the festivities that were surrounding the opening night festivities on Monday. That was at the Footprint Center here in Phoenix. I wasn't there for that. I watched it on TV like the rest of y'all. Seemed to be a, a coronation, if you will, around Patrick Mahomes. A lot of Chiefs fans in the building. They made it, made their presence known, made their presence felt. A lot of the goofy questions they got out the way. And, and opening night, since we're talking on that subject, that's always the that's always the 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 signifier that like Super Bowl week is here, right? That's the start of the whole yeah. uh, dog and pony show. And and it was cool to see uh, the Chiefs kind of in that situation. And like you mentioned, they didn't they didn't seem it didn't seem like the stage was too bright. Obviously, they're not playing a game and, you know, none of that. But it seemed like they were kind of just having fun and enjoying the moment and just being where their feet are. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, obviously you got the rookie class and some new guys, some veterans on the roster. But even though all these guys didn't play in a Super Bowl before, a lot of them played in the AFC Championship game last year when they lost to the Bengals. And, you know, obviously that's the closest thing you can get to the Super Bowl, and I, I really think that was a big motivating factor as far as, you know, the job is not finished. Now you got over that first hurdle. You finally get off that monkey off your back by beating the Bengals. You didn't go 0-4 against them, and now you're in the biggest game of your life. So I think that game really preps them for this game. Obviously not the same media attention, or nowhere near, but still, just the, mag- <laughs> just the magnitude. Because, you know, that, that game felt like – I'm not going to say it felt like the Super Bowl, but it kind of did in the same because Ooh, don't say that. No, no, don't say no, that. No, but listen, I'm not obviously it's not. I'm saying as far as you didn't you you could not go 0 and 4 against that team. You could not lose to them again at home in the AFC Championship game back-to-back seasons. They were already starting the narratives of Joe Burrow is he better than Patrick Mahomes? That just would have been a really really ugly stain on this Chiefs run. So, obviously it's not the Super Bowl, but that was the closest thing to it as far as the magnitude and the opponent that you were playing against. I talked to Jalen Watson today about um, you mentioned the losing a Super Bowl and how that motivates you going forward. And he's a guy that wasn't here for that is a key part in what the rookies have tried to accomplish and have accomplished and winning the AFC championship and making sure that the chiefs were here in Arizona for Super Bowl 57. He said, guys have mentioned it. Guys have talked about it. Guys have kind of tried to give voice to that feeling of making it all the way to the big dance and not being able to bring it home. Carlos Dunlap says, Hey, I know there's a lot of distractions going on. I know everybody's got family and friends and, and, and it's still enjoying the Super Bowl moment, but you got to find a piece of time and a piece of time to, to focus and lock in on what the mission is at hand. And obviously that's winning the, the Lombardi trophy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because now if this team, they win this Super Bowl and we'll probably get into this a little bit later, Nah, go ahead, because I know you wanted to say this with your chef. Oh, okay. Go so ahead. You, you know where I'm going with this. Okay. Yes, I get it because this is classic Mark Dunnels. The Chiefs, no one will be able to do what the Chiefs have done in a five-year span. <laughs> so, the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. The discussions are a lot different. You have two Super Bowls in the Mahomes era, five years. He has two Super Bowl rings at 27 years old. Andy Reid gets his second one. Travis Kelsey gets his second one. Conversations are different, man. Chris Jones gets his second one. And not to mention, we all talked about it all year. This was a reset year. 
obviously there's no reloading when you have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, but it was a reset year. You traded Tyreek Hill. You got a lot of assets back, a lot of draft capital. You're playing a lot of rookies. You, you saved some cap space. So yeah, anytime you have 15, you have a chance to win the Super Bowl. But before the year, that wasn't what everybody thought, especially from the outside looking in. It was all about the Bills. And then even heading to the playoffs, people were saying the Bengals are the Bills, right? Because they just didn't believe that this team without Tyreek Hill could get over the hump. So if they win it this year, I'm telling you, Aaron, I know you don't go like it because you think I'm you're going to say yellow light. But they're going to be they're going to be even better next year, Aaron. And that's that's being objective because you have all these rookies that are going to be second year players. You have cap space this offseason and you have 12 more picks in this year's draft. How are they not going to be better next year? So if they win this year, there's going to be serious talk about a repeat. I just don't think you can go there yet. And I think Andy Reid kind of gave voice to that today when he was asked about the D word, the dynasty word, and, and what a win on Sunday would mean for, for KC. You can't even let your mind get to that place yet. Once you start thinking about that, once you start trying to put Mahomes' legacy up against some of the other great quarterbacks' legacies, before you finish the food on your plate, that's how you get beat. So I don't even really want to have that conversation. I understand you the voice of Chiefs Kingdom and, you know, you got to you gotta stir the streets and let them know how you feel and yada, yada. But it's still it's – still the job's not finished. Well, Aaron, you're, you're talking like, like, like we're on the team. We're not playing. So we can talk <laughs> about that as long as they don't – they're not talking about it. We can talk about it all we want to. We're not the ones strapping up the helmet and the pads on Sunday. That's real. And I, I get that. I, I – but and I'll just hit you with a little rebuttal. I know we jump we jump the shark on this story a little bit, but I knew you wanted to get this out. What's the conversation if it doesn't happen? What's the conversation if if it's uh, one Super Bowl out of the last five? Are, are we starting to look at at Mahomes a little differently? Are you putting an asterisk on some of his things? Because you know that stat is out there. No no player has ever won an MVP in a Super Bowl in the same year. Oh and nine. In uh, those possibilities, is the, is the conversation different? Are you looking at 15 differently? Are you looking at what Brett Beach has built in Kansas City a different way if, if the result doesn't go the way you want on, on Sunday? Well, I think it's 0-9 in the last nine attempts because Kurt Warner did it's Kurt like Warner did it in 2000. Since like 2000, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, I mean, it, it depends on how the game goes. Like what if Mahomes goes out there and throws for 400 yards, three or four touchdowns, and they still lose like 41 to 38. Like, am I going to really look at him differently because of that? Now, if he has a bad performance and they lose, then, you know, sure. Obviously, it's going to be some conversation because let's be honest, he hasn't had the best Super Bowl game so far, right? Even though he won MVP the first year, he threw two picks in that game. It's obviously the Bucks game, but that wasn't his fault. But still, 30 years from now, nobody's going to care about context. They're going to be like, well, he, he didn't throw one touchdown and he threw two picks. So... <laughs> He hasn't played that. Yeah, he hasn't played like, that one in the Super Bowl. So that that is that is a thing. That is a real thing. This was before I was even a, a, a certified stamped media member. I really thought Damian was the MVP that first year. I mean, I was almost shocked that he didn't get it. Uh, yeah, and win yeah. In Miami. Who would be your MVP? Are Are you doing this later? Are you doing this for your your props or who, who's your MVP? Uh, on oh wait, wait, man, slow down, slow down, slow down. <laughs> You, you, come on, you, you're jumping the gun, man. <laughs> I'm back on space for the first time. I don't know how to act this one, man. 
I'm trying to get my bearings back under Dude, me. You, you, All you these can't, emojis you, popping up. You can't up, see my man. facial expression. That, that's the problem. Yeah, we all, I'm all rattled. I'm not at the crib anymore. This is all over the place. <laughs> you got media walking around you. <laughs> Bro, it's crazy. I mean, I was, uh, you know, ESPN folk, and, and this was my first real taste of, you know, you hear Radio Row, and obviously if you're a sports fan and you follow the Super Bowl, Radio Row is something that you're familiar with, but, you know, seeing it for the first time and being around it, it's, it's surreal, man. Covering my first Super Bowl, this shit is awesome. Yeah, I keep forgetting because you were you were here, but it was the COVID year when we played the Bucks, right? Yeah, yeah. it was the COVID year. So only my only the sports director from Forty One went, Mick Schaefer, did a great job, bang up job, but I mean, it was just limits. Now we got eleven people out here from Forty One. Best coverage in KC. If you if you rocking with us, y'all already know what time it is. Uh, we got eleven people out here covering the Chiefs from uh I got here Tuesday we had people who got here Saturday all the way to the game on, on Sunday which is it's crazy man wow that's 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 special man I know you guys are uh nah never mind I'll, I'll, I'll hold that for off air oh wow <laughs> <laughs> wow let's get into these injuries a little bit that's something I got written down here this is this will get us back on the rails there were some uh transactions made on Monday that um, impacted our sure to impact Super Bowl Sunday. McCole Hardman sent down to injured reserve. His season is over, and, and quite possibly his tenure as a chief is over. But the corresponding move is Clyde Edwards-Alaire being elevated. Uh, Kadarius Tony said on opening night that he's definitely going to play. I hate when players say I'm definitely going to play because that's out of their control. But uh, we'll see if he's definitely playing on Sunday. I would say he plays. And then Mahomes says he's doing better uh, on the ankle. And Andy Reid said today that he's pretty much can do everything in the game plan of those four guys, maybe some guys I didn't mention, uh, what stands out to you? Um, I think McCall Hardman. I, I was a little surprised they shut him down so early in the week, but that kind of tells me the injury must be more serious than we probably thought. I mean, obviously we knew it was the fact that he re-injured it during the game against the Bengals. So kind of disappointing. You know, you thought maybe they would try to stretch it out a little bit longer so they can give it a go considering it is the Super Bowl. And after this game, you have, what, five, six months to rest. But he is a free agent, so, you know, that could affect his money in the offseason. I'm sure that was a, a little bit of a factor there as well. And also, big picture-wise with him, I know you said that that could be his last game as a Chief. And, you know, before the year, we pretty much talked about this, and we pretty much assumed that this would be his last year. But the way the year went went for him, I'm not so sure now. Because you have to imagine his his stock mm. is really low at this point. No leverage. So, yeah, you got basically no leverage. Yeah, so nobody's going to throw him, I don't think, a, a bag to where the Chiefs couldn't match it, right? And if he's a guy, in my mind, I think he's going to be on a one-year prove-it deal. I don't see him getting a multi-year deal anywhere. So if you're going that route, why wouldn't you have a prove-it prove it deal in a place where you're familiar with the system, you've been here your whole career, Versus going somewhere else, and you know it's a little bit more risky because then if you don't play well in a new system, new quarterback, and all of that, and a one-year deal, things are starting looking kind of spooky for you after that. So I think, in a weird way, this may force him back in Kansas City, and not to mention Kadarius Tony. You can't trust him to stay healthy at all. He, he's he's a luxury, <laughs> so you can't go into next year. Honestly, you have to go into next year assuming that you really don't even have him. Like, yes, you have him, 
But, I mean, is he going to play, what, eight or nine games next year? Maybe. So, and this is the first time Hardman has missed a game in his entire career this season. So, let's not act like he's not durable because this is just the first time in his career. So, I think if you're the Chiefs, I think you bring him back. You know, I don't hate that. I don't hate that take from you because I, I think, and I think we're on the same page about this, there really is no – I mean, what's the market going to be? You're going to go somewhere where, sure, you'll get the ball and sure, you'll get a bunch of playing time, but, I mean, you're going to win four or five games. <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess you could, like, you could stay in Kansas City and be, and be a place that you're comfortable, be a part of a system where you know how to use you uh, and you know they're going to contend for a championship every year. Or you could go somewhere like, I'm just throwing names out there, Atlanta, or you could go somewhere where, sure, you're going to have a bigger role in the offense and that kind of thing, but... Um, you know, what are you playing for come February? What are you playing for come January? Yeah. Um, I'm not shocked by it. You, you know, one day you will listen to me on this podcast, I swear. Because I told you this three weeks ago, four weeks ago. And you were listening to Twitter over me. What What are you talking about? About the McCall. Well, but you, you didn't think he was going to play in the Cincinnati game at that time. He should not have played in the Cincinnati game. Mark, what told you? I mean, did he look like a healthy player to you in Cincinnati? Against Cincinnati? Well, clearly not. (laughs) 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 But at that time, I remember remember saying, I didn't even say that game, though. And if they actually listened to me, it probably would have been better off. Remember, I said the Super Bowl, if they make it, is when I think he he could come back. So imagine if he didn't play in that game. He would have an extra week. He probably would have been pretty good by now. It's crazy how, like strapped they were at the end of that game like I mean they needed him they needed Watson who I talked to today say he's feeling better he's good to go he's excited for the Super Bowl I mean it just at the end of that game it was me and you out there (laughs) yeah (laughs) I mean Marcus Kent caught a crucial first down Marcus Kent who they just picked up last like a couple weeks ago What are you expecting from Tony? You mentioned it. You mentioned him as maybe a guy you can't depend on long term. Let's go short term. Can you depend on him Super Bowl Sunday? Can you give me his stat line or, or what you're expecting from from Tony? I mean, am I, am I assuming Eagles? he plays the full game? <laughs> this is just what you. This is this is your assumptions. Well, you I'm not assume. in the business of predicting injuries, so I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go in assuming he plays the full game. I do think he has a role. I mean, especially with McCall Hardman being out. He's kind of that gadgety, you know, jet sweep guy, get the ball out of space, wide receiver screens, quick hitches. So, yeah, I, I do think he would have a game. I think you, you'll see about, what, four or five catches, you know, but maybe, maybe 40 to 50 yards and maybe a touchdown. That's something I definitely do not like about this week as far as Super Bowl is concerned. There's no media access. It's pool access only, and, the, and it's fed back to us through the NFL. So usually when we at least get those, I mean, it's not long. It's usually like four to five minutes each when we when we get a bounce back at um, Arrowhead for practice. But this week we got to rely on what the, what the pool camera has and, and telling through that video, and it's very limited. I would be curious to see – and maybe that's something we can get from him tomorrow if he could put like a, a percentage number on where he's feeling right now. Because definitely going to play doesn't really tell me much. It doesn't tell me how effective you're going to be for sure. Yeah. What about Juju? How you feel about his effectiveness and how healthy will he be? I don't know, man. He was in a very jovial, very like, I mean, obviously, you know, he's a big personality guy, always smiling, that kind of thing. But 
he was banged up after that AFC after the AFC title game. There's like a very small flight of stairs from the field up to the locker room at Arrowhead, and he was needing assistance to get up that flight of stairs back to the locker room after the win. Um, once again, did don't have a lot of practice access in these two weeks between um, the game, and, or excuse me, the AFC title game and the Super Bowl. So we're just kind of relying off vibes and what the team sa- says and what the players say. So he's going to go out there. He's going to give it his all. Uh, Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride fame asked Andy Reid today about possibly bringing Juju back next year. He dodged that like the matrix didn't even answer it. Just talked about how, how excited he was to have him. I asked Juju if he thought about this being his last game, he dodged that saying he's not even thinking about it. So sounds to me like nine is, is purely focused on a Sunday and, and going to give it his all. And hey, you know, one thing I love by Andy or what just cracks me up <laughs> is when he calls these guys, good kids. <laughs> Great, great guy. Great kid. He's a, he's a, good he's a great, good great kid. <laughs> like, like this guy's almost thirty. <laughs> Call him a kid. <laughs> you know, Andy is Andy's old enough. To well, be I know, I know. It's just funny. It's just funny. <laughs> Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May fifth. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Injuries, we're moving right along here on Chiefs Coast to Coast, episode 44. Can you hear the media room picking up behind me? or is it- No, I mean, I can hear it, but, like, you're still really clear, though. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Love to hear yeah. that. I, I, do you think Do you think the Chiefs, we got blocking out distractions and noise down. I don't even know how to really, I mean, is it possible for them to just zero in on the game? So, like, tomorrow's the last media availability, right? So, 45 minutes with me and you laughing around tomorrow, and that's it. Friday, they're on their own. Saturday, they're on their own. And obviously, Sunday before the game. Is that enough time for Kansas City to lock in after what these last two weeks have been? And especially considering the emotional outburst that we all saw after that big win uh, against Cincinnati? Yeah, I think it is. I think uh, think that's enough time. You get all day Friday, like you said. Even the rest of the day of of Thursday, tomorrow. And then Friday, then Saturday. Then obviously, Sunday. So I think that's plenty of time, man. And I saw a report where... Uh, where they're staying that they brought stuff to make it look like how it does in Kansas City. Like their meeting yeah, their, their meeting rooms yeah, yeah. and stuff and all of that. So I, I think that's really cool, man, to try to, like I said before, try to keep it as normal as possible. You know, obviously it's not going to be normal, but I think they're doing their best. And like I said before, man, it starts at the head with Andy Reid. He's been here several times, so he has a routine in place. There's still a lot of guys from the last Super Bowl they went to on the roster to help the younger guys out, which I think is a major advantage. Because if you look at the Eagles roster, I believe they only have maybe three or four players 
that have ever played in the Super Bowl on their roster. Like, it's not that many. And obviously their head coach is his first time being there. So I, the Chiefs definitely have the advantage as far as preparation for this type of game. I'm going to fact check those numbers on you. I thought, and, and this is why I haven't said it yet, but let me let me double check before. I thought the Chiefs have 22 players on their roster currently that have played in the Super Bowl. That's before. a pretty good number. Uh, well, that's a solid number when you consider 53. And then, of, of course, the rookies that make their contributions. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I think to me, and obviously this is much easier to say in my button-down shirt three days before the game is played, four days, whatever, but I think whichever team settles in first is probably going to is probably gonna win. I talked with Mitch Holtz today, voice of the Chiefs. I hate to keep name-dropping, but it's, it's becoming easier and easier as the pod goes on. <laughs> uh, he, may, he basically said, you know, the Eagles remind him a lot of Cincinnati. And like, they're a fighter or a boxer who likes to knock you out in the first three rounds. I think if Kansas City can withhold themselves and kind of stay up, stand up, go toe-to-toe with that offense or defense, and whoever settles in faster, I think is going to have the upper hand because it's going to be nerves, man. It's going to be emotions. It's going to be distraction. You can't – I mean, like, were you a robot to completely blocking out all this stuff that's going on? Like, from the first guy on the roster to the 53rd guy on the roster, these guys have all dreamt about playing in the Super Bowl before, whether they've done it before or not. Well, Aaron, can I – Now the moment is here. It's all about how you adjust. Well, and adapt. Can I give you a little pushback, though? So you're talking about uh, robots. Isn't that what we always said about Bill Belichick and the Patriots teams throughout the years? That they're so robotic and, you know, they, they don't let nothing phase them. They're so disciplined. They just, you know, they, they, know that they know their assignments. They're well coached. So, I mean, the, can't you kind of see some type of parallel there with the Chiefs and Andy Reid? I think, the, and this is where I'll respond to that. I think, I think there's truth to that, but also within staying in the system, right? Like Andy Reid wants all of his players to be themselves and show their personality. We always hear that about Big Red. He's a player's coach. We heard Frank Clark talk about his love for Andy Reid after that win uh, at Arrowhead a few weeks ago, how he lets players just kind of be themselves and embrace themselves. But also he has very strict rules and a very strict way of how he likes to do things within his system. The, the, the system is, I'm sure, going to have to bend around what this giant event is, this giant dog and pony show, but there's only so much that you can do more. There's only so many pieces of Arrowhead in the meeting rooms that you can bring bring to Arizona <laughs> to try and make it look like uh, <laughs> Arrowhead. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, guys are going to be emotional. Guys are going to be uh, fired up. Guys are going to want to go out there and win the Super Bowl in the first play. But um, to me, it's all about uh, settling in and adjusting. And before we veer too far away from the injury report, I'll be remiss if I didn't ask this question because, you know, my ears are in the streets. And I didn't, I didn't see no video. Oh, I didn't see no video this time. Oh, so did you get to see Mahomes walking and walking off the stage? Oh my I, gosh! Here is we there, go. is there any? <laughs> can we get some ankle watch twenty twenty three? The ankle, the ankle is better. And I think I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes talked about the ankle today. Andy says he does not believe there is anything in the game plan that will be hindered by Mahomes' ankle, though he did say yesterday, and this is the thing when they have too many availabilities, because, like, you, he'll say one thing on Monday that contradicts what he says on Tuesday, and then he'll go back to what he said on Monday on Wednesday. But, like, earlier in the week he said he's not 100%, which I don't think is news. Nobody's 100% at this point of the year. Um, I, I think the ankle's fine. Obviously, 
Uh, he he's banged up a little bit, but he's gonna go. And heck, you saw what he did in you saw what he did in the AFC title game, and he looked a lot more mobile than we thought. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people kind of confuse mobility because I think he only ran actually that one time when he got him, got him in field goal range. But it's more than that. He was moving within the pocket, buying yeah, time, absolutely. stepping up in the pocket, sliding to the left, sliding to the right, avoiding sacks. And that's what you want to see, especially against this team, Aaron, because guess what? The Eagles led the league in sacks with 70. And the Chiefs were second, but they only had 55. So there was a pretty big gap between first and second. So this is definitely the best pass rush in football. They're really deep. They go seven, eight deep, man. They rotate bodies so they can stay fresh. So it's going to be a, a tough challenge, especially for the tackles, uh, Orlando Brown and, and Wiley. But you're also going to need Mahomes to escape some sacks and make some plays. Is that your is that your key to victory as we kind of transition now into more of our formal Chiefs Eagles game preview? I know Sir is gonna go back in the lab and chop this whole thing up, maybe get our little our little sounders in here. Is, is that your key to victory? Getting uh keeping Mahomes clean and, and making sure he avoids that that pass rush? Yeah, that's definitely one of them. I mean, like I said, man, this pass rush is really, really vicious. Uh we saw what happened last time. The Chiefs were in the Super Bowl, but at the same time, obviously, a much improved offensive line. It's not a backup. New O line. Not a backup offensive yeah. line. I think the Chiefs have the best interior O line in the league when you go from Tony to Creed Humphrey to Trey Smith. Obviously, the biggest question mark is the guys on the outside, you know, uh, Wiley and Orlando Brown. And most likely, one of those guys will be matched up with Hassan Reddick who had 16 and a half sacks this year, should be in consideration for a DPOI. I mean, the guy's been a game wrecker all year. So definitely going to be a challenge, but I expect Andy Reid to be able to scheme around it, you know, kind of similar to how he did against the Niners earlier in this year when they played Joey Bosa in that D-line, you know, doing a lot of misdirection, uh, jet sweeps, uh, screens, because when you do those things, it keeps the, the defense off balance. It keeps the pass rush a little hesitant. And then obviously the main thing, trying to establish a, a run game, right? I mean, we know the Chiefs aren't going to run the ball 20 times. We know that. Yeah. But still, just having the threat of that. You know, Pacheco is a hard runner, guy that's going to be hard to tackle in the fourth quarter in which you wear down. So I expect to see a lot of um, scheming up this week to protect those guys on the outside, uh, Wiley and Brown. I, I hate to pick the low-hanging fruit here, but how, how, does, how do Kansas City's young DBs respond to the biggest game of their life, man? We're talking about Trent McDuffie. We're talking about a Jalen Watson. We're talking about a Joshua Williams. The biggest stage that these guys have ever played on coming up on Sunday against one of the top units in, in the league, a carbon copy of what we said a, a few weeks back. Uh, A.J. Brown, uh, Dallas Goddard, all the weapons they have, the Devontae Smiths. Um, you know, those guys, Kansas City can't win a championship without them playing their best ball. And we saw – Two interceptions last week when they needed it the most. If I put the number at one and a half, Mark, you taking the over or the under for KC interceptions? I'll take the under. I don't think they're going to get two picks in this game. Uh, you might get one. And the thing is, the Eagles don't want to throw the ball that much, so it means less opportunities. But if you're able to contain the run and force them into obvious passing situations like third and five, third and six, then you, you, yeah. you kind of force their hand. Or if you get out to a quick early lead, if you get up 10 nothing, start the game, 14 to 3. You know, the game plan may change a little bit. They, they may get a little antsy and go away from their script because they might feel the pressure at that point. So I, I do think a big a key to the game as well is a quick start 
Uh, you don't want to get behind these guys because they are good at running the ball. They are good at ball control, milking the clock, being yeah. very efficient. Yeah, one of the best. Yeah, league. getting in third and shorts. And if it's fourth and short, they're going for it. That's one thing about this team and Nick Sirianni. If it's fourth and one, fourth and two, and they're at a pretty good yardage mark, they're going to go for it. So that's something you also have to take in consideration. But I think more so than the DBs, it, it comes up to up front again. You know, the cliche. It's about the pass rush because you're going against the best offensive line in football. I mean, across the board, the Eagles are the best O-line. I don't think it's really debatable. You have a couple of future Hall of Famers, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, the best center in the league. They're really, really good, man. So it's going to be a big challenge for Chris Jones and Frank Clark and George Karloftis and them to really see what they what they can do because obviously they played the Bengals last time who is banged up. They're missing two of their starters. This is a totally different challenge in a neutral site. You don't have the home crowd behind you. So the pass rush obviously can help out the guys in the back end. So I'm looking forward to that matchup up front. Eric Bieniemy said it best. I think he said it at an uh, availability last week. They're all starting to run together, my bad. But this game is going to be one in the paint. Basketball reference for football, but it still applies. The big ugly got to be challenged up front. When Andy Reid went on Tom Brady's podcast and said they needed to step up, I think they heard that. Actually, I know for a fact they heard that. And we'll see if they can respond to the challenge on Super Bowl Sunday. I'm pulling up the rundown here. Which eagle worries you the most? Not just you, Mark, but everybody who's rocking with us here in the chat on uh, Twitter Spaces Wednesday, Chief Coast to Coast, Zero Head Pride Podcast Network. Which eagle is keeping you up at night before game time? We'll go to Mark first, and if y'all if y'all have an eagle that worries you the most, throw your hands up, and we'll see if we can get y'all in here. I mean, I guess this is the obvious one, right? It has to be Jalen Hurts. Come on, dog. You're supposed to be the host of this show. You can't be picking no one. Like, oh, so I, I mean, you want me to be disingenuous? <laughs> All right, fine. I, I won't pick Jalen Hurts. No, go, go. You can no, go no, Hurts, no. Give me no, you caught, you pulled my car. It's too late. <laughs> That's too obvious. All right. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Devontae Smith. No, 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 no. I'm going to say Dallas Goddard. Now you stole mine. Oh, really? That was yours? <laughs> we might have different reasons why. Yeah, like because, it. so obviously you mentioned the two-headed monster receiver. I think they're both number ones in Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. So I do think there will be a lot of attention to those guys. And unlike Cincinnati, who they have a solid tight end. You know, Hayden Hurst is pretty good, but he's nothing special. Dallas Goddard, to me, is a top five tight end in football. And we know our linebackers are going to have to pay attention to Jalen Hurts because he's a dual-threat quarterback. So you have to worry about him running out the backfield while Goddard is running right behind you in the middle of the field. So it's going to have to be a lot of discipline. I'm really curious to see whether they have a quarterback spy on Jalen Hurts because then that could even lead to more opportunities for Dallas Goddard to eat in the middle of the field. So it's, it's going to be a, a chess match. But I do think when you consider the guys on the outside and also I think this is being underplayed as well. I think we'll probably hear about it after the season. Like I won't be surprised if you get surgery. I think Jalen Hurts' shoulder is a little hurt more than people think. Yeah, the numbers that have come out pre-shoulder injury or pre the absence that he took versus the since he's come back, it, it, it's a different guy. It's not that same MVP yeah. type guy. Not saying that he's not dynamic and not saying those kind of things, right? But the numbers, the numbers bear that out that he's still kind of feeling it. Right, out. and if that's not a hundred percent, obviously it's a lot more difficult to be accurate when you're throwing outside the numbers to your receivers 
versus throwing it to your tight end, your safety valve, who's closest to you. So I, I do see Goddard getting a lot of targets before those reasons. I tried to add uh, our football queen up here. She was connecting. Let me see if I can get her back. In the meantime, I'll, I'll give mine. It's Miles Sanders. And for reasons that we've talked about uh, earlier in this show, the, the Eagles run game, you're talking about get out to a fast lead. Let's say Philly gets out fast and, and they have a lead. They can use Miles Sanders now running game just to melt the clock away and keep Mahomes on the sideline. And we've heard that as a theory on how to beat the Chiefs going back three, four, five years since Mahomes was a starter, right? Like if Philly can get ahead of steam behind Sanders, behind Scott, if they can use those big uglies up front to kind of maul and, and, and take the defense of the pass rush out of the game, that scares me the most. But that, that is a lot of game script and and, and – um, that depends. Uh, we'll see what he looks like in the passing game as well, but I'll go Sanders. Okay. Yeah, I like that. He was one of my probably top three guys I had in mind as well. But they have a three-headed monster running back too. Like Boston, he's pretty good. So, And then obviously it hurts. It's somebody you got to worry about running the ball as well. So it's going to have to be a lot of gap discipline. But one thing I do have trust in, Spags in a one-game setting like this, especially with two weeks to prepare, is normally really good. I'm trying to add people now, but okay, Shady Sports, who's your eagle that worries you the most? So you actually just beat me to the answer that I was going to give. It's Miles Sanders. Um, with the Chiefs defense giving up about four and a half yards per carry all season long, I think Miles Sanders is the guy that you really got to focus on defensively. If you don't stop Sanders, then you're basically opening up Hurts to, to do whatever he pleases all day long. Yeah. Uh, I think Aaron would agree with that as well, man. I appreciate your take. Let's bring up uh, somebody else here. Patrick Mahomes zone. Is this Patrick Mahomes burner? Um, I doubt it. <laughs> I'm worried about uh, A.J. Brown and uh, because he's explosive and he's the number one wide receiver on the Eagles. Yeah, you got to limit his production. Appreciate that. Definitely chiming in. We're talking which Eagles scare you the most. Definitely, I mean – A.J. Brown is a bona fide one. And as Mark mentioned, they have two ones. Um, all, all those guys. And Patrick was asked about it today. He said, what, um, you know, what makes them so dangerous? And I think one of the quotes that stood out was that they got guys everywhere. It's not just offense, it's defense, defense, special teams. They got coaches that can make a difference, too. These are the two best teams in the league, Mark. No doubt about it. Yeah. And I was thinking, man, it's not often you get – the two best teams, at least on paper, right? I, I believe the really, last time yeah. two number one seeds made the Super Bowl was actually involving the Eagles when they beat the Patriots with Nick Foles. Yeah, okay. they were the one seed that year because Carson Wentz was going to win MVP, but he got hurt like week 15 or something like that. So, yeah, man, it's very rare that it happens. And if you see the stats, I'm sure you saw those stats where, like, everything was, like, identical. Like, their points they've scored all year, the yards per carry was exactly the same. The record is the same. Like, it's kind of scary, man. I guess the script writers are getting this one right, huh? The script is going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, the script is going as planned. <laughs> well, let's go to Vegas real quick and get your plays, and then we will give our predictions. We're not gonna have the music today, huh? <laughs> no, no music I'm, today. You I'm, so, to I'm, I'm hearing it in gosh, my head right know? now. <laughs> oh gosh! Yeah. All right, man. So here's my plays for you. I got. I'm starting it off with Travis Kelsey. Every time they give me this, I'm taking it, especially in the playoffs. 
Travis Kelsey touchdowns, 0.5. Give me the over, man. He is going to get a touchdown in this game. That is easily my favorite bet of the week. Vegas obviously is, does not listen to this podcast. They've just been giving you. That. I, I don't know why they're still giving zero point five, bro. Like, it's almost like you almost should give one point five, almost. Yeah. <laughs> or don't give it at all. So, hey, I'm gonna take it though. So Travis Kelsey touchdowns over at zero point five. Just needs to get one. Pacheco over on receiving yards. I guess they don't believe him. I think they think it was a fluke because last game he had nearly sixty yards at receiving. And they only put it at 15 and a half, Aaron. 15 and a half. Who is your bookie, dog? Because some of these numbers are feeling a little No, off. bro. This is the book I've always go to. You got DraftKings for kids? No. Or something <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> you, you on rookie mode over there? No, man. <laughs> but to be fair, he only averages like 10 or something all year. But he has been getting the ball a lot more in the air as of late. 15 and a half. That's like two. Bro, that's two. Like two maybe one. <laughs> Yeah, potentially, yeah. So, yeah, give me the over there. And then my last one, you know I got to give you one on the actual result of the game. Chiefs money line, the end of the year, baby. Super Bowl champs. Chiefs money line plus money. All right, get a picks one, get a picks one more time. Yeah, Travis Kelsey over on touchdowns at 0.5. Isaiah Pacheco over on receiving yards at 15 and a half. And then Kansas City Chiefs on the money line. They're the underdogs. Less cash. I know this is going to seem like a surprise, but I think it's a clean sweep for us as far as our predictions on, on Super Bowl 57 is concerned. I, I, I learned my lesson. Uh, I swallowed my, my humble pie after the AFC title game, which I think was more of a pick than people want to give it credit for. Outstanding victory. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm riding with the Chiefs this time. I think they win by three. Wow. You actually picking the Chiefs. Shut up. <laughs> Stop it right now. I'm just saying, man. You picked the Bengals last time. I didn't think that was a bad – and I, Lord knows I was not the only one who was picking them either because they heard that noise. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, it was a good thing that you were wrong because if it wasn't, you wouldn't be in Arizona right now. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be on the way. So it all worked out. I think that I think that win – and I'll give a little bit more here. I, I, there's been some conversations this week about, well, you know, Philly doesn't have a win as impressive as KC's win or they haven't played competition up to the level of KC. I'm kind of tending to lean towards that camp a little bit. I think when you do what Kansas City did last week and beat Cincinnati um, in the fashion they did, down to the last barrel of the scraps at your pass catcher and all that thing, I think after you do that, ain't ain't nothing left to do but just just tie the knot on this last one and go win it all. Yeah, I think that's the real thing. I I really do, as far as being battle-tested. The fact that the Eagles played the Giants, I mean – did anybody really believe in the Giants this year as a real team? I mean, yeah, they made the playoffs, but come on. And then you play the Niners, who were down to their fourth-string quarterback after Purdy got hurt in the first quarter. That wasn't even a game that you can look at and take anything from. So I, I do believe there is something to that. And if you look at their full schedule, look at the quarterbacks they faced or the quarterbacks they haven't faced. You can make the argument the best quarterback they played all year is Trevor Lawrence. And I like Trevor Lawrence. I think he's a top 10 quarterback now. But if that's the best quarterback you've played all year, that's pretty telling. You didn't play Patrick Mahomes. You didn't play a Josh Allen. You didn't play a Joe Burrow, a Justin Herbert. So I think that is something there, too. When you touch down, man, um, you know that we got to set the city my up. My flight leaves tonight at 7.50. I land at like 10 Arizona time. Say less. 
I'm staying in Tempe, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna make something happen. I still want to get like a video. I, I know it's only sixty people in here rocking with us. Yeah, we'll we'll hit the feed on it, but we gotta we gotta figure out something. Yeah, are you out, are you outside tonight? <sighs> You're trying to get me in trouble. I mean, you know, you got I mean, you got to wake up early in the morning. So <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I'm active tonight. You already doing time. All right, I, I, I hit you when I hit you when we touch my touchdown. <laughs> Hey, Coast to Coast is out of here. Appreciate y'all rocking with me. We out.